Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Okay, so you find yourself in a rustic tavern. It's lit by a fire and a half and a grumpy-looking bartender. And uh, I roll to crime. What? I roll to crime. Oh, crime. I'm proficient. I assist. Sweet. I roll to crime with advantage. Okay, all right. What crime exactly are you committing? Uh, to steal the hearts of everyone listening to us right now. No, I take it back. <laughs> Laura Disorder is a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast where the worst kind of people team up to rid the world of slightly more worse people. It's a whole thing. We're not the worst. Follow us on iTunes or on your podcatcher of choice. Find us online at that'snotcanonproductions.com or find Law and Disorder on Facebook and Twitter. And now, on with the game. A That's Not Canon Productions podcast. Welcome everybody to Cutscene Saga, the podcast where we dissect and discuss the stories in video games. We're kind of like a book club. Each month we pick a new game and gather some friends to talk about it. So this month we are talking about Dragon Age Inquisition and associated other Dragon Age games. <laughs> I am joined once again by the lovely... Jenna. Jenna welcome, Burbeck. Welcome back, Jenna Burbeck. It's a pleasure to have you back in the studio. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. We had a great time last week, so I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was yeah. fun. So this week we're talking about the actual plot of Dragon Age Inquisition, the actual yes. story beats of what happened. Mm-hmm. What was your... I guess, overall impression of the story. Did you think it was a good story? Did you think there were any particular drops in tension or? Yeah, well, overall, I would say that plot for me, and it's hard for me to criticise because, I mean, every game has bits that aren't perfect, but it's hard for me to criticise because I just, and you can tell I just love this game. Like I, I just adore this game. But for me, the plot especially the main plot, which sounds really harsh because you would think that the main plot would be a really big part of the game, is one of the weaker parts for me. Right. Um, But with a game like Dragon Age, you can really take out of it whatever you want and so it's not necessarily a problem for the main plot to be one of the weaker parts, at least the way I see it, because there's just such richness in everything else and, I mean, it's just – it's a hilarious overcorrection of all of the criticism in DA2 that yeah. the it's such an open world that has so many little bits and pieces that you can discover and there's so many little puzzles with the shards and the astrariums and there's just hours and hours and hours of content in there. And so the fact that the main plot, which you can plough through if you want to, switch it to casual, I do, um, plough through it. You can plough through that main plot with a character in 10 hours. I've done it. You can just just plough on through there and no problems at all get to the end and then you can play Trespasser with whatever (laughs) whatever character you want. (laughs) It's great. And so there's so much in there. It's so rich in content that it's, it's not really a problem 
yeah. that the, the main plot didn't grab me. And, and it didn't. It didn't grab me the first time that I played it. Okay. I bought the game. I was super excited. I loved Origins. I loved DA2. I actually found DA2 a little bit hard to get into as well. Yeah, so um, did I. Yeah, but, but once I was in, I was in. And same with this game. Um, I probably played the prologue a couple of times, tried to get into it, didn't really get where it was going. And so the fact that it doesn't really get going until you get to Skyhold, which there is a lot of content that you have to get through before you get to Skyhold, the fact that it doesn't really solidify the plot until you get to Skyhold, that doesn't really make it super accessible for people who um, don't know what's going on. Yeah, I no, suppose. I mean, when I um when I do a replay, I often push through as as much as I can to finish Haven and get to Skyhold mm. in one sitting so that it's like I get that out of the way, I get that done, and yep. then I can open up all of these other maps and I can go and do all of the other stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And there's actually I think it's a I'm not sure if it's a PlayStation achievement, but it, there's some achievement that if you get a Skyhold before you hit level five, it's like, yeah, you have a trophy. Oh my god! Um, and I've always <laughs> kept that in the back of my mind, but I always just pick up so many codexes that I get yep. so much XP from that that it's just never. I just can't stop myself from picking every little thing up <laughs> and stopping and going back for that elf fruit, even though I really don't need any elf fruit and I don't <laughs> like potions that much anyway. Um, so yeah, that's me. Yeah. So I guess we'll we'll do what we usually do on the show, which is we'll do like a, an overview of the plot, I guess. We'll step through it and we'll mm-hmm. discuss it as we go. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. We start really the plot starts in the in- character creation. Yep. You're, you're mm-hmm. already in the middle of the fade with like spiders all around you yep. while you're tweaking your character for half an hour, mm. listening to them say the same voice line over and over again mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you can check if their mouth moves properly. <laughs> <laughs> It's cool, but it kind of gets old after like the tenth time yeah. you do it. And yeah. I do, I mean, th- this isn't really a plot issue, but I I do have issues with the character creator because the lighting is so different to all of the other lighting throughout yeah. the game. Yeah. So what I will usually do is I will play the prologue and then I will go visit the Black Emporium. Yep, and fix things. And fix things once yep. I know what mm-hmm. I need to fix in the character. Yep. Bless the Black Emporium. Yeah. <laughs> I was so gr- glad when they added that. Yeah, I mean, because like this most recent playthrough, my character is a black woman mm-hmm. and I picked her hair color based on what it looked like in the fade. Yeah. And then we arrived in the real world and I was like, oh, she's like practically blonde. Like it looks like she's bleached her hair. Right. And okay. now I need to go. That's not what I, I'm not feeling this. No, Let's change it. <laughs> I need yeah. to go to the black emporium and change. Let's go to the hairdresser. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah. So <laughs> you start in the fade, you run away from a bunch of little nightmare Spider Beetles and creatures. spiders and, yep. Mm-hmm. And a beautiful glowing golden figure extends her hand to you and helps you out, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which uh, leads people to believe you are the Herald of Andraste, that you have been blessed by uh, this woman. We were, we mentioned her last week, Andraste. She's like Jesus and Joan of Arc combined, mm. the, the, basically the wife of God, and she saves you. And so... You also have upon your hand this glowing green mark that seems to be trying to kill you and trying to help you, and we're not quite sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, which marks yeah. you marks you as other, marks you as yes. different, marks you as you have survived this awful explosion, this that killed mm. hundreds or thousands of people, including the the divine, the yes. pope. 
Yeah, but it's also like a handy like Swiss Army tool on yeah. your hand that you can just like, yeah, just yeah. throw it at fade riffs and, you, can, you know, yeah. I'm going to open this fade riff and I'm going to close it and I'm going <laughs> to do this and it's, then it's just going to crackle yeah. for no reason for dramatic effect. Can opener for the for the fade <laughs> rift. <laughs> Totes. And so, yeah, so you meet Cassandra and Leliana who are the left and right hands of the divine we later find out. Mm-hmm. So they're two of the most politically important people in the whole of Thetas. They explain to you what's happened. The divine is dead. The conclave exploded. Yada yada yada. Well, I was just going to say Cassandra and Liliana, um, characters that we both well, you have connections to both of them through yeah, both know of them. The, the the past games. So yeah. Liliana being a party member in Origins, and so you know, lover or hater, I was never a big fan of Liliana because she was a little bit too religious for me. Sure. Um, so, you know, that, that's my baggage. <laughs> that's my baggage, Liliana. We're not friends. I'm sorry. No, poor Liliana. Yeah. No, it's fine. But, you know, you're used to her and she's having her around and she yeah. kind of introduces you to that kind of bard or lesion thing. Yep. Um, and Cassandra, who is narrating yeah, DA2. She, yeah, she, she's um, interrogating Varric in yeah, DA2. She yeah, she is super intimidating in yep. DA2. <laughs> she and is. I was just like... I mean, she's pretty intimidating at the start of Inquisition. Well, true. Yeah. <laughs> she's just she, she's intimidating in everything up to the point where, I mean, I'm not sure. She can still be intimidating and like, you know, trashy romance novels. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's fine. And maybe they're not trashy romance novels. <laughs> they are just romance novels. Yep. And, you know, I, I, still haven't, I still haven't done a playthrough where I romance her and I'm quite keen to see that. Yeah, yeah, I haven't either. I just never really play as male, mm, like ever. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, like no. the only time I played a male character was because I wanted to romance Dorian. Well, you know, that's true actually. Well, I say I never play male, but the um, the biggest playthrough, the heaviest playthrough that I've done that I, you know, it's my shards playthrough. So it's the one where I bothered to go around and pick up all the glowing shards so yep. that you can get into the shard cave and check out what's going on there and is it worth picking up all these stupid little glowing things. I have never done that quest. Mm-hmm. Um, so the character that I did the shards with, so I dumped like 47 hours into this playthrough, was a, a, a male oh. daily shelf. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, his name was Andy. Aww. His name was Andy and he romanced Dorian and they were super cute. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah, so. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, so. Cassandra and Cassandra Liliana are really Liliana. important. And so that's cool that at yeah. the start they're, they're characters like, that you can Here they are. Yeah. And then shortly after that, Cassandra takes you up to towards the rift and you meet somebody else we know from the previous game. You meet Varric. 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 Yes, and Bianca. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Bianca. Most, the most important pair. Yeah. I really love that in the um in the tarot deck um which which came with the like special edition uh, Varric and Bianca are the lovers that's mm, their that's so their tarot good. card. Yeah. Hilarious. Um which I'll probably post on Facebook. <laughs> so we meet Varric. We also meet Solus who is mm-hmm. a slightly shifty acting elf. Well, I didn't find him that shifty really? at the start. I'm just super gullible, so uh. it's fine. I'm just a trusting person. <laughs> And that didn't turn out well for me. Yeah. I was just like, here's this apostate elf mage who seems to know an awful lot about an awful lot of things. <laughs> and nobody really seems to question why. He's just like, yeah, I live in the fade. Uh, <laughs> no, there's a codex entry where Liliana's like, we looked into this, but we don't really have time to do yeah. this in depth. <laughs> <laughs> we got bigger shit to deal with right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So they join you, you go up, you close the fade rift that, 
is opening this heart. Well, you try to close it. Mm-hmm. Fight mm-hmm. a pride demon. Pride demon. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. You kind of make things better, but not fixed because yeah. you're just one person. Yeah. Yep. That pride demon got to disrupt that fade yeah. rift. Otherwise, that one's not going <laughs> down. And so then, after this like hour long quest, mm. the game officially begins with the title card. Yes, and the title card rolls. Yeah. And you go, yay. <laughs> the game has started. I've been playing it for an hour yeah. <laughs> and it started. Because uh, Cassandra has just declared the Inquisition has mm-hmm. begun, has mm-hmm. been reborn. Slaps the book down. Yep, the big mm-hmm. thick book. Screw you, Chancellor Roderick. <laughs> What an asshole. Yes. And he's supposed to have this redemption arc and it just doesn't work because he's still <laughs> nobody, an asshole. Nobody cares no. that you knew that there was a path out yeah. of Haven. It's like that doesn't make you a good guy. It just means you happen to walk the you, wrong way one time. You've made yourself useful. Yeah. Now it's okay to die. You've yeah. made yourself useful and now it's okay to die. That's I, really harsh, but, but that's the know, way it is. It's the truth. It's so. a character, not a person. Exactly. He's, okay. he's not real. Calm down, everybody. Don't add us. And so you have to seek the help of somebody to help you close this rift in the sky. So you can either mm-hmm. seek the help of the Templars or mm-hmm. you can seek the help of the mages. And this is these two quests, which are Champions of the Just or In Hush Whispers, yep. are really cool because you don't often get in games mutually exclusive quests. Yep. Like these are long, like at, l- like at least an hour of playtime mm-hmm. for each of them and they're very different quests and each of them have very interesting things to for you to find, codex entries, all that sort of thing. Mm. And you can only do one of them. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And it's an interesting twist on in past games, DA2 and then Origins, they've made you in the past choose a side like yes. you can kind of walk that grey line between whether you're going to side between mages and templars a lot of the time in your in your dialogue choices, but quite a lot in quests they will at some point in the game say no. At this moment, you need to make a stand. Whose side are you on when the shit hits the fan? Is it going to be mages or templars? And so you do that in the um, circle tower in Origins. You have to choose whether you're going to invoke the right of annulment True. and you know let the templars just 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 clean the slate yeah. and murder <laughs> all the mages. Um, I didn't really know that that was a legitimate choice because I never made that choice until I went to Dragon Age Keep and they're like, "Did you kill all the mages?" Yep. Yeah, you can oh, just let them kill them all. Did you kill all the mages? And I went. Who would do that? Oh, <laughs> I, my God. I did. In one playthrough, I did that. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, cool. I know. But, yeah, so that's kind of that mm. that line in the sand in Origins. And in DA2, of course, it's, a, it's pretty it's, much at the end. It's the end of the game, yeah. It's, it's the end the of the game quest. where you have to say, yeah. you know, um, it doesn't really change anything anyway no. I mean, in, by that stage, but in, you still have to make that choices and you choose whether to kill Anders or not. Yeah. And in title, if you support the <laughs> Templars, technically you become the Viscount of Kirkwall. Okay, but yep. that doesn't exactly have a lot of gameplay difference. No, not, because not a Hawk lot. Because leaves Kirkwall either way. Yeah. Um, it did kind of annoy me in DA2 how that mission actually doesn't really change all that much. Like... Mm. If you side with the mages, you're supposed to be saying, yeah, we support you. We don't think you're all blood mages, but then they just literally are. Like Orsino turns into this awful, you know, Cronenberg yeah. monster regardless no matter, no matter of whether. What you do. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Um, he has a really cool staff, by the way. He Orsino. does have a really I cool staff. I just always wanted to steal his staff. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The, the, so. the three dragons, yeah. <laughs> he turns into the thing and I'm just like, so can I have his staff? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> are you are you done with the staff? No. <laughs> it's a pretty sweet staff. Um, which is interesting. Sorry, just to tangent just a little bit. That's um, okay. We, we do tangents we really do, well on this we show. We do that. Just um, to say briefly that DA4, the, the next game is going to be really interesting because that's really going to show you how how critical your decisions are in what ripples that they're going to um, cause in the world states. Yeah, because totally. Because you don't know that at the moment because you, don't, you just don't know. Yeah. And so we can guess at how, how critical our decisions were, but it's really only guessing at this point until the next game comes out and you go, well, actually it didn't matter whether I picked the, you know, in Champions of the Just or in Hush Whisp- yeah. Whispers, whether, whether I chose the Majors or the Templars because ultimately it may just be, you know, whatever, it's pretty yeah. much the same. And, I mean, uh, I do like at the end of both of those quests, it lets you kind of mitigate your choice a little bit because you choose whether the Templars or the Mages join the Inquisition, mm. whether you disband their organization yes. and they join you, or if they keep their their own rights, their own yeah. identity. Yeah. Um, I see it as kind of being the equivalent of a politician, which you are, I guess, as yeah. the well, you're going to be the Inquisitor soon, but you're not at that moment. So it's a bit weird that it's your yeah, choice. Yeah, like why are you making all these choices? <laughs> I know, like this literally should be Cassandra <laughs> Just choosing. Just because you have the glowing hand, you suddenly get to make all the choices. Because <laughs> you're the Herald of Andraste, like even if you insist yeah. you're not. Yeah, it's a bit like the equivalent of Alistair just conveniently being a follower and not a leader in yeah. Origins. Like, we're just yeah. going to let you make all the decisions, even though I've been a warden for however long. Not that long, but a lot longer, longer than, than you. Than, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it was like five minutes ago, you drank the blood and suddenly you're in charge of the you're Ferelden Wardens. You're in charge wardens. of the Wardens. <laughs> you're just the boss of Alistair. It's yeah. hilarious. It yeah. probably says something about me that I really adore that relationship. Yeah, which that, that's something I did really like about Dragon <laughs> Age 2 is that these people are just following you because you're a charismatic leader, because yeah. they like you because you help them out. Yeah. You start off as not really anyone. You don't make any important decisions yeah. and you have to climb and get that status. Mm-hmm. Which is why I, I do love Hawk as a character. I don't connect with it in a – I don't connect with the Hawk character as much in an RPG sense as I do with my Origins character, but I just like the character Yeah. because – and sarcastic Hawk is – 100%. It just has to be. I don't make a stand on canon very often. I have a very fluid, you know, ideology about canon, but sarcastic hawk is, is canon. Oh, hawk. yeah. It oh, just yeah. is. Yep. You know, I completely Male agree. Male or female, which is, is just he slash she is just a sarcastic. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. With, mm-hmm. with with Varric being sarcastic with Varric. Yeah, totally. Yeah. They're just they're just best buds. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um but anyway, we were talking about um choosing between the mages and the templars. We in the plot of Inquisition, right at the start. We haven't gotten too far into mm. this yet, but And it doesn't really make all that much difference. It no. kind of it's more of a flavor change and it's which quest you want to do. I mean, mm. I, I usually go with the mages. Because I like that kind of glimpse into the future time travel plot. And, um, yeah, I actually swing the other way. Um, More for convenience because if I'm just ploughing through to get to Skyhold, which I quite often do, if I'm more interested in that kind of meet in the middle of the game, that adamant and Wicked Wicked Hearts, I would just plough through and I find Champions of the Just with the Red Lyrium Templars. I find them... Uh, just a simpler quest to do. There's sure. just less 
there's there are fewer moving parts yeah. and it's just really simple just to go in there and kill things <laughs> rather than have to wander around the corridors in Redcliffe where I always get mixed up which corridor is which uh, and I keep going yep. backwards and forwards and I just haven't done it that many times that I can do it quickly. Yep. And oh, so look, that that's something they did carry through from from Origins to Inquisition is that Redcliffe Castle is really it's a confusing. Labyrinth. <laughs> It's an absolute <laughs> labyrinth, that castle. So well done, that um, <laughs> that design team for that consistency, for sure. Yep. So that's interesting that, that I normally do Champions mm. of the Just and you normally do In Hush Whispers. Yeah. I mean, I usually, I, I, I side with mages generally. Yep. Yeah, me, me too, generally. Oh, yeah. But I quite like in that, I mean, because I quite often romance Cullen as well, I kind of swing towards that Templar side of it and kind of trying to redeem Templars and to mitigate the damage that Templars do. Sure. Which is kind of being on the side of the mages in a different way because you just stop them from being red Templars. Yeah. Um, I guess I, well, I mean, if you don't save if you don't choose the mages, then they end up enslaved by the Venturi. So I suppose it's not really being on the side yeah. of the mages, but <laughs> oh, it's hard. Yeah. You can't save everybody. Nope. nope, nope, nope. The cool thing about once you have major choice is that, as you said, you then choose how how heavily you want to lean into it. You get the choice of whether you disband their organisation or whether you let them have some of their autonomy yeah. still. Yeah. basically, and I think of it as almost being a politician and choosing whether you're going to swing really far right or if you're going to be on that sort of almost like either side of the moderate. Yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, like are we really pro-mage or do we just need the mages? Like yeah. are we really pro-Templar or do we just need them? Basically, yeah. and in my um, recent playthrough I – for the first time, did in hush whispers, and well, I didn't do in hush whispers for the first time, but yeah, I yeah. did it, and then um, basically enslaved the mages. <laughs> yeah, good. So <laughs> I was being really evil, Rene <laughs> renegade inquisitor, renegade inquisitor. So I just want to start a trend. Everybody, go ahead and do renegade inquisitor. <laughs> it's lots of fun, and lots of characters get really angry about things. Yeah, that I you can do. imagine they do. And you said when I had mm -hmm. the idea, I remember you saying that you just would be really uncomfortable with that because you just don't want to – you like the characters and I do yeah. too. You Like you love these characters and you come to know them and you just want to make them happy. Yep. And so it's really just fighting against that urge to keep your characters happy in that yeah. you just like no whatever dialogue tree of options that you have, just have a look for a second and figure out which one is the worst thing that you can do. What will piss? But the thing is, the problem with that is in Inquisition, people will leave you. If you piss them off, yeah. they'll be like, bye. They will. They will. But, you know, they're lost, I guess. <laughs> they don't get to die for the Inquisition now. <laughs> Which was hard because um, um, another aspect slightly um, of it is that you're quite agents. And so mm. I did have to, I did want those agents and I wanted that influence. So I did was like, you know, you want to join us? Join us, join us, <laughs> be our agent. And then I would just turn around and do something completely contrary yeah. to what they would want me to do. So, so are you are you like executing a lot of people in yeah, your judgments? Yeah, and totally. Yeah, yeah. I was I was actually really upset because I did Wicked Eyes and Wicked Heart 
we're going to get there. But basically the Duchess turns up in a box and I'm yeah, just I know. like. That's so insane. I have nobody to kill. I'm really upset <laughs> about this. <laughs> I like my, because I, I, I did that judgment quite recently and my Inquisitor was like, well, I have nobility knowledge. So I know that there's a precedent set for this and we should do this, this and this. <laughs> So good, so good. Yeah. Judgments are great. I do, anyway. I do love the judgments. Yes. So Sorry, we got we got very sidetracked. From very the sidetracked. Plot. But so after we choose the mages or the Templars, mm-hmm. the faction we didn't choose ends up enslaved by the elder one, this mysterious mm-hmm. enemy, who then attacks Haven, mm-hmm. the town where you're sort of hanging out, and we learn that this is Corypheus. This is. One of the Tavinta Magisters who supposedly entered the the city of of the Maker of God, and, and corrupted the seat it. was empty. Seat. <laughs> yeah, and he gives this whole like monologuing speech with his dragon behind him, grandstanding. He's covered in yeah. red lyria. Mm-hmm. He's he's basically a darkspawn. He's well, he's the original dark darkspawn. Yeah, OG evil guy, mm-hmm. villain of Dragon Age Two DLC. Um, Mm-hmm. where he he died, was killed, and mm. for some reason came back stronger and harder to kill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is a little bit of a flaw that we've discussed between us previously yeah. that, that I've, I've only played that DA2 DLC just the once and right. so it's not super memorable for me. I, I remember Corypheus being, mm. you know, quite hard to kill at the end of that DLC. Um, it was very grindy, the whole DLC. Yeah. And then the battle with Corypheus was a bit... Um, I don't. It reminded me of more like sort of platformer games, mm. like you have to dodge his attacks and then hit yeah. him when it. Do you know what I mean? It yeah. was less of no, that I sort agree. of strategy yep. that you normally get from Dragon no, Age. He was a bit of a um, Spyro boss. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. He was very colourful. He's throwing his ice and then his lightning and then his fire and yeah. 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 So it's it's a little bit of a criticism, I would say, but which we could talk about that in the character episode, yeah. I suppose. When yeah, we're talking I'm not, about the villain. I'm I'm not a huge fan of him as a villain, so we, we definitely will talk about that. So yeah, in terms of how that affects the plot, it then kind of for me becomes kind of generic evil guy, essentially. Yeah, which he is. He is he looks like generic evil guy, he talks like generic yep. evil guy. Sure. He rides around on a dragon. Yeah. Just, yeah. What, what's to like? Yeah. And so in terms of that being the thing that drives the plot forward from that moment, um, it's, it doesn't really work for me. No, and so but I guess the, the I, I do kind of like what they did with the villainy in as much as we then get these two quests. We, so we, we, we move to Skyhold. We get mm-hmm. our new base now that Haven's destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just this empty castle that everybody's cool with us taking over, apparently. Solus just knew it was there. Just knew it was there. Um, apparently <laughs> it was built on the ruins of an old elven castle, uh-huh. worth noting. Uh-huh. Solus. How did you know about that ancient elven castle, I don't Solus? know. Oh. <laughs> and so then we get these two quests, um, Wicked Eyes and Wicked Hearts, which we talked about a bit last week. And here lies the abyss. Yep. In both of those quests, Corypheus himself doesn't even appear. I don't think he's not no. a direct threat to you. Mm-mm. But I, it's kind of his. But oh, the dragon does. In the here dragon lies the does. Abyss. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But it's his influence. It's his. It's how he's manipulated these other people into doing yeah. his bidding. Mm. In the case of Wicked Eyes and Wicked Hearts, the Duchess and yep. um. Yeah, the Duchess is like his his agent there. And the interesting thing about moving on to those two main quests is we do talk about them 
as the next two parts of the quest because you can do them in whatever order you like. You can do Adam and and sort out the Grey Warden mess first or you can charge right on to the Elysian Court and sort them out first or vice versa. It just depends on what you want and what you like to do, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Um, because I I usually do Wicked Eyes first because I like that mission. I like the Elysian Court and it feels more pressing. It feels more they're going to murder the Empress feels yeah. more pressing than, oh, where have the Grey Wardens where have gone? The, and, yeah, no, I, I did the opposite because of my supreme attachment to Origins. Sure. In that I was like, where are the Wardens? <laughs> the Wardens can sort this out. And Is the hero of Ferelding going to be the here? Hero, that was totally my motivation. Yeah. Didn't think it through that <laughs> that wasn't really a thing that was going to be able to happen. But, um, yeah, I was really keen to learn about what Bioware were going to say about the hero of Ferelden. Yep. Um, and yeah, it it does feel a bit lazy. I think in that their answer to where is the hero Ferelden, the answer is who knows they've yeah. disappeared. Yeah, but ag- again, as as I said before, they kind of gave you too much choice in Origins, and mm. they kind of have to they got to find rein a back way in. to rein that back in and and sort of backpedal it a little bit yeah. because you can't realistically run a franchise like that it's probably no. one of the few franchises that there are so many different versions of i mean I guess technically there's a canon that BioWare kind of go with that they might put yeah. a certain character on a game cover but really the yep. way the fandom sees it is that there are it's just like a multiverse of it's a multiverse of canons and And i mean yeah which is something actually that origins did which i think is really cool and um inquisition does the same thing although you wouldn't really know it in that because you can choose from all these origin stories yeah and canonically all of the other origin stories exist in your world they just weren't the ones they, they just who, weren't yeah, the warden. Yeah, yeah. So like like if you go to Orzammar, they talk about the other the other child of yep. of the king who was mm-hmm. killed, mm-hmm. and that but that's the character you play if you choose that origin story. And it's mm-hmm. the same in Inquisition in that all of the others died at the Conclave, yep. whereas you are the one who survived. Which I actually think is really cool. I mm-hmm. really love that that they it is that kind of butterfly effect thing. Like yeah. you survived and they didn't, but in another universe. For sure. Yeah. I always kind of imagine Duncan at some sort of complicated crossroads. And it's almost like the story starts there with him choosing like which place he's going to turn sure. up at. Um yep. do I want to go to Orzammar and recruit, or do I want to go up to High Ever and talk to the Kooslands, or do yep. I want to just want wander into a forest and find some daily shelves. You know, Duncan, mate, <laughs> what was the decision making here? <laughs> yeah, well, it's the right decision no matter, one, no matter exactly. which one he makes. The so. guy is just, he can do no wrong. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean he dies pretty quick, but, but you know. No. According yeah. to Alistair, he could do no he wrong. He could do no wrong. He could do yeah. no wrong. Um, so, yeah, Wicked Eyes, Wicked Hearts is that Elysian ballroom. We touched on that a bit last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, we did talk a little bit about it and how cool it was in terms of setting that yeah, you got to explore got the Elysian to, court. Yeah. Bit of a shame you couldn't just wander around the whole of Valroyo, mm-hmm. but, you know, in terms of just being in Halam, Halam Shiral. Halam Shiral, yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it's just a generally a cool quest. Um, yep. and, and then we've got Here Lies the Abyss, which is you mm. meet Hawk. You yes. meet Hawk's warden friend who yes. is Alistair or Loghain or this guy called Stroud who I think was in Dragon Age 2 for yeah. five minutes. Quick minute. Yeah. He was, he was there for a quick um, minute. So yep. he's he's the one who's there if you 
did a shit playthrough of, of Origins, basically. <laughs> or you just didn't really care. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and so then we find out what the Gra- – Corypheus has been controlling the Grey Wardens through mm. their, their tainted blood mm. because he is a Darkspawn. Mm. Mm. Um, it's just super interesting because of the whole – psychology of it that Corypheus went, okay, how do I eliminate slash sort of recruit the wardens to do what I want them to do? And he sort of went, well, I'll just give them all the calling. So make them all think that they're all about to die. And so there's no next generation of wardens to protect Thetis from the next blight and just have them be in such a panic about that. That they'll accept help from the Venatori. they will accept help from anybody and do anything because you just raised the stakes for the wardens to the extreme. And I think that's really that's a clever piece of writing. I think. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, and 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 I really like this, like the the mages versus templars, and this mission in particular, really strike me as a really cool narrative through line. In that Corypheus is basically the inquisitor, like they're mirrors of each other. He's recruiting all of these different people for yeah. his organization. I never thought is, about it like yeah. that. And it's exactly what the inquisitor's doing, just on the other side of the table. I think I think actually we're going to finish this episode and I'm going to be convinced that the main plot of Inquisition isn't actually as weak as I thought it was. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow, you're just blowing my mind. <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean like um, I, I, I mentioned to you yesterday because we were, uh, before we started recording, we were comparing our playthroughs yes. recently of Inquisition yep. and how I actually chose specifically to have Loghain alive and a warden for this mm. because I because so basically at the end of Here Lies the Abyss either the the warden dies or Hawk dies and you have to choose which yep. of these people. Yeah. So obviously if it's Stroud, well sorry Stroud, you're gonna die. Mm. If it's Alistair though, you're like, holy shit, yeah. do I have my beloved player character Hawk or do I have my beloved boy toy Alistair survive? <laughs> Looking right at you here, Jenna. Um, <laughs> I admit it. <laughs> but then, yeah, so I really love having Loghain because it's this beautiful redemption arc that he yeah. gets to sacrifice himself yeah. to atone for the awful things he did in Ferelden. I guess, but he, in my head, kind of gets to atone for those things by being executed at the lands meet at the <laughs> yeah, end of true. Origins. Just <laughs> goodbye. Lop his head off. Yeah. Oh dear. And it really, really, really upsets Alistair if you make Logan a warden. Yeah. Like he proper like becomes a hopeless drunk yep. if you do that. Yeah. He just can't deal. And, and 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 you can find him in Kirkwall drinking yeah. in the hanged man. Yeah. Yes, yes. Sorry. Yep. It's too upsetting. Yeah. I can't go there. <laughs> Maybe parts of the fandom can, but I cannot. So yeah, once we've done that, we oh, we forgot to mention during Wicked Eyes, Wicked Hearts, we also meet our, our beloved Morrigan. Yes, Morrigan, for sure. Yeah. I actually, um, on one of my first playthroughs, I was sort of stalling a little bit in that I wasn't really getting into the story and I'd done Adamant, um, mm. Here Lies the Abyss before We Can Eyes, We Can Hearts and I said to you, I'm really struggling with this, I don't really get it. I said, oh, they just really need to introduce some more characters and my world state um, that I first loaded up, um, Alistair was the king, so he wasn't the warden. And Logan was dead. Oh, so you had Stroud. So I had Stroud. 
And so that didn't like, – I was like, oh, yeah, what's yeah. the one going to be? Oh, it's Stroud, okay. <laughs> and I did I did He Lies the Abyss and it was cool and whatever. And I hadn't gotten to Wicked Eyes, Wicked Hearts yet. And I said, oh, they just really need to introduce some characters from Origins. And I said, oh, how about Morrigan? Morrigan would be so cool <laughs> to reinvent in Inquisition. And you just looked at me, I remember yeah. you, and you were just like, are you serious? <laughs> just like, keep playing. Keep playing, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> she rocks up. And I felt so stupid. <laughs> She's oh. there in that beautiful ball, ball gown, gown that's like yeah. the perfect ball gown version of her old outfit. Yeah, no, she's super cool. And yeah. Claudia Black voices oh, her so her. well. Yeah. Yep. I mean, just her her and Flemeth, particularly in this game, yes. her talking to Flemeth just gets me every time. Yes. It's so Kate Mulgrew. Good. Yes. Captain Janeway. <laughs> Captain Janeway. We will not segue into our love of Star Trek Voyager. <laughs> no, we will not do it. That's 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 for a different podcast. Yes. <laughs> Yes. So yeah, so so we now have Morrigan with us. Morrigan, and I think Salt with Solus's help, suspiciously tells us about this temple mm-hmm. that we can go to that Corypheus is after. This mm-hmm. ancient Elven temple that can it's like it's like the well of knowledge. It's like Odin sacrificing his eye for the knowledge. You can go here, yeah. and submerge yourself in all of the Elven knowledge from mm. all time. So you set off there with you know. The whole army. With the whole army. With Solus in your party probably because, yeah. you know, yeah. let's be honest. Uh-huh. And we get there. Well, we meet some ancient elves along the way uh-huh. who will either help you or kill you depending on some choices. They have super muscly thighs. Yeah. 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 And like really weird outfits. Yeah. Um, And we get to the well and either Morrigan submerges herself in the well or you as the player can submerge yourself in the well. And get the knowledge. Have you ever done that? Have you ever had your player character get the knowledge? Yes, I, yes. Because I, I have, have not. You've never done I've that? I've never done that. Um, It's not super duper different. Okay. Sorry. Oh, that, um, that's right. I always, after that first time, I don't know if it was actually the first time that I did it, but after I did do it on myself, I always did Morrigan after that because it was just so delicious that she had accidentally enslaved herself to exactly. her mother. Exactly. That's why I never do it because the first time I did it, I let Morrigan do it yeah. um, for story reasons. And then right. obviously I found out that whoever does this is, yeah, the yeah. slave of Morrigan's mother, <gasps> Flemeth, who we learn is, oh, uh, what's her name? Oh, Mithal. I was thinking about what the... Um, oh, the, oh the elves call her um, Ashabellana. Ashabellana, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so... We then learn that Morrigan's mother, Flemeth, is the mythic elven god Mithal. Yep. And that now whoever submerged themselves in the well is a slave of Mithal. Yep, yep. Just drop that giant yeah. truth bomb and let Boom. it explode in Morrigan's face. <laughs> um, and, and this is also around the time that Flemeth meets um, her grandchild. Yes. If there is a grandchild, Kieran. If. if. Which I love because in my current playthrough, Kieran is the son of Morrigan and Loghain, which just <laughs> like like Ew. I forced Morrigan and Loghain to sleep with each other so oh. that I wouldn't have to die to kill the, uh, <laughs> the Archdemon. It, it is a problematic quest yeah. for Origins. It's, it is. Uh, um, <laughs> and, yeah, I don't think the actual 
canon of byways that Kieran even exists because I think oh. I think the canon is actually that the hero of Ferelden the, the hero, sacrifices uh, that they die, his yeah. or herself. Um, and of course, that's probably a big reason why they're not in this game is because they can die in yeah. in Origins. But you know, byway, you gave us that choice, and we went ahead and did the dark ritual and made the baby. Yeah, because I don't want to die. <laughs> And then, and then you can't play Awakening properly and no, all this other stuff. No, you get some Orlesian yeah. person yeah. as your warden commander who, in Awakening. Who wants them? Yeah. Anyway, so we meet we meet Flemeth. Mm-hmm. Um, Flemeth, who is one of the few characters who's been in all three of the games. Yes. yes. Um, her, her and Cullen. And Cullen, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what weird company yeah. they Oh, keep. and Liliana appears very briefly in Dragon Age 2 in the DLC. You meet her at the... In the DLC where you're with Felicia Day's character, Talus. Oh, yep, yep. Yeah. I only played that the once. Uh, so see, I, I really like that because she's like a dagger rogue, but she throws the daggers, which was um, just a really cool system that I really, really wish they'd bring back. Yeah, okay. That would that, make like a good specialization. I don't, I don't think that counts, Liliana being in DA2. No. I'm not, no. I'm not paying that. Okay, fair enough. So is it just Flemeth and Cullen? Just, just Flemeth yeah. played, by, played by Kate Mulgrew. Fantastic. Yes. Yes. We love her. Mm-hmm. And then... That's it. We're like, okay, this is this is as good as it's going to get. Yeah. Let's yeah. go kill Corypheus. Fle- Let's do it. He's got a dragon. Flemeth can turn into a dragon. Mm-hmm. And now Morrigan can turn into a dragon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lots of dragons. Just so many dragons. I yep. mean, it, it is the dragon age, so yes. fair enough. Yes. We go and we kill Corypheus, basically. Yeah. And, and it's not, I mean, I, I mean, I play on casual most of the time, but, so it's not really a harrowing boss battle. No. It's just not set up in a way that is particularly um, confrontational. Like you, no. kill, like you kill the dragon and then yeah. you up and kill him, but it's not like really in your face. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And it, I mean, that's only what really the second time you ever actually meet him face yeah. to face. It felt very, um, yeah, like anticlimactic. Like, oh, okay, we we killed him. Cool. Mm. What what is I think the climax of the game is actually the DLC Trespasser. Yes, for sure. Definitely. Which, well, because of course, at the end of Doom Upon All the World, the last quest, we learn that the. Actually. Actually, Solus fucked up. Yes. The the magical orb that caused the explosion that started this whole thing was Solus's. And Solus is actually the elven equivalent of Loki. Yes, Fenharal. Yes. The Dreadwolf. He is the Dreadwolf. And he has been just playing you the Mm -hmm. entire time. That bastard. What an egg. Bioware just added in that romance at the last minute because they went, you know what would really F them up? If they romance that guy. If they romance him. If they romance that guy. Which I do actually quite like that he will only romance you if you are a female elf. Yeah. Like he's very picky. Mm. Mm. Um, Yeah, so he buggers off. Yes. We also then see a cutscene of him like eating Flemeth, like consuming her godly essence. Which I think comes after the credits. But that's because she sucks the soul of the ancient god out of Kieran. No, 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 because that might not happen. Yeah, because that might not happen. But he still does that to her. He still absorbs her and she dies. Right. Which in a sort of a conspiracy theory kind of way, I'm like, does that mean that Morrigan and uh, Morrigan slash the the Inquisitor mm. is now beholden to Solus, not to Flemeth. I did not think yeah. of that. Ah, that's pretty obvious actually. Yeah. And so, yes, yeah, so then we get the, the Trespasser DLC, which is set some years later, I believe. Yes, I think it's three Yeah. off the top of my head. A while later. 
and so your your buddies are back. Those who who you were were friends with, mm. they're back with you. Most of them. Most of them. There's depending some, on whether they liked you like a lot. Yeah, yeah. Then there's some some shit goes down with the Canari. Yes, doesn't it? They're like invading or they're. Yeah. I can't even remember because I've only actually we should played have finished Trespasser up once. Our rehash playthroughs and and done Trespasser. The the recording date came up on me too fast. But yeah, so so I know that you're fighting a bunch of Canari. You're traveling through a bunch of Illuvians, these magic mirrors. Yes. And then eventually you confront Solus, who reveals to you that his plan is to tear down the veil to restore the elves to glory. Yes, yes, which actually doesn't sound that bad because you did get to spend some time in that really cool magical library where everything like floats. Yeah, and true. It's like this is the grandeur and the the wonder of the elven kingdom. But yeah, you're you're right. It's yeah. probably not something that we want <laughs> to happen. Yep. But yep. you know, maybe maybe you'll be an ally of Solus for DA4. Maybe you'll be an anti-hero. Who knows? Mm. It could be quite cool. Mm. Who knows? Yeah. Bioware, give us day. Give us D. Bioware, just give us DA4. Yeah, Come because on. we know you're listening. We know yes. you're fans of the show. You definitely are listening yeah. to this podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, we have more notes. Just send us an email and we'll send you all of our thoughts and feelings <laughs> about what could be improved. But mostly, number one, that Origins remaster, please get on yes. that. Yes, if, if you just whip that up real quick. Yeah, just... just <laughs> <laughs> you can just plug it all into the Inquisition engine, right? You just... Yeah, yeah, yeah do that. Take please. you a couple months if that. Yeah, no, no, no biggie. <laughs> um, Cool. So yeah, Sorry. that's us. That's the that's the main plot. There's a couple of other DLCs which we'll maybe discuss in like a couple of weeks. Yeah. But yeah. they're not they're not important to the main plot. They're kind of side things that you can do. So No, not really. Trespasser really didn't feel it's really not optional, is it? No. Trespasser is basically an epilogue to the game. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's like the Corypheus DLC for Dragon Age 2. Like you kind of have to play it to yeah. carry on with the main story of the games. And it was marketed well enough that people knew that it was going to be important compared to the other DLCs. Um, yeah, true. Yeah, and I mean, so we've, at the time of recording, we've only had the faintest teaser for DA4, which consists of one of Solus's murals. Mm. Um Mm. of Solus and the Dreadwolf behind him and some symbolism for the seven dragons of Tevinter. Yeah, yeah. and Bioware have confirmed, as we've said, that it's going to be set in Tevinter, so that's going to be very cool. And there was some Solus voiceover about, was he said something about like, oh, I hear you've been looking for me, I'm sure Mm. we need to talk or something. Mm. I don't know. Okay, so Jenna, um, when you were playing the story, what parts of it, um, kind of stood out to you the most as the the bits of the story that kind of affected you that that you were um, connected with the most. Definitely the kind of middle of that game, the real meaty part, as I described it earlier, is my favourite part of the game. It's that middle part. It's the uh, the here lies the abyss or wicked eyes and wicked hearts, depending on which order you want to do them in. Sure. But particularly here lies the abyss in the fade, because. The past two games, they've done kind of fade quests that are not that great. The mm-hmm. sloth demon main. But you know yeah. that um you know, I was saying earlier I've done a Origins playthrough with a bunch of mods. One of the top mods you can download yep. for Origins is Skip the Fade. Skip the Sloth Demon. Yep. Just walk on past him. Yep. 
Yes, I will definitely be interested in that mod next yeah. time I play Origins. It's just not fun. It's, it's just, not fun. It has no bearing on the story. You don't need to do it for any don't. reason. Don't. It's just yeah, yeah. no. And then Dragon Age Two had the same thing. Yeah, there was that one not sort necessary. of side quest with that elf boy, mm. um, which just felt like it recycled a lot of the fade stuff from Origins. Yeah, with those like scenes with your companions, yeah, and it's, like in the heads, sort yeah, of thing. and like. Meryl will turn on you, like will will attack you in the fade, will yeah. succumb to the demon. Other characters will too. Yeah. Um. So so basically, fade quests haven't really been done well in the past, and this one is a fantastic overcorrection by Bioware. Well, I wouldn't say overcorrection. I would just say it's just a nice correction. Sure. Basically, they got it right. They ticked that box because you go into the fade. And your characters, your party members, and so it's really important who you decide to bring with you on this mission because your party members will react in different ways based on the way they've been written and their backstories and it is just really compelling in that Sarah is super scared Yeah. about being in the Fade. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking about this. I was like, I think my ideal party to bring into the Fade would be Solus, mm-hmm. Sarah and Iron Bull. What does Iron Bull do? I don't think I've well, brought him to the fade. Iron Bull is terrified of demons, terrified oh, of magic. Right. Terrified. So he doesn't deal well with it either. No. Okay, cool. I might have to try that one. Mm. I don't often do Iron Bull because I prefer to have a sword and shield tank. Uh, I don't know. I just Iron do. Bull. I love him. Yeah, so I know. Much. And oh, Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah. Oh, he just knocked that one out of the park. It's just so good. so good. But anyway, we're going to talk about characters we next are. week. Yeah. We're going to have a lot to say about that. Yeah. But basically this fade scene, I mentioned Sarah being really scared. Cole's super scared as well. But it's not even about necessarily that. It's really just the, the it's just really well written and it, mm. it sort of leads you along. You don't get lost. You don't get sidetracked. You do kind of get led yep. through it, but it is still interesting and engaging you. And there are little kind of tiny detours that you can take and there's little bits that you can collect and, and things like that. Mm. So you can spend longer in there than you really need to if you want to. Yep. Um, but just this real intense, and again, it's not Corypheus that's being the menace here, the villain. It's this new demon called the Nightmare. Yep. And so the nightmare is booming its creepy voice <laughs> and getting inside your character's heads and saying things like, I remember, Hawk, do you think ever, anything you ever did mattered? Nothing you ever did mattered. <laughs> and Hawk, of course, is a compulsory team member on this quest and yep. so is just going, yeah, whatever, mate, <laughs> because I don't know if it if Hawk always does that, but my sarcastic yeah, Hawk yeah. definitely was like, yeah, whatever, shut up. <laughs> um, but just that real booming voice and saying really cutting things while you're walking along in this creepy, eerie green kind of landscape and mm-hmm. you're then unravelling that mystery from the start where... Who, who is the we golden woman? A, who is the golden woman who led you out of the Fade and is caused it you... Are you the Herald of Andraste? Exactly. And it's revealed that it wasn't Andraste. It was a spirit who had taken on the form of Divine Justinia. Yep. So... Which I really like that. Yeah. Um, it's only a small kind of conversation you have with that. I think you have it with either Leliana or Cassandra after that mission. Yep. But where she's like... Like that—that that was a 
a demon or a spirit that took on that form and had all of her memories and spoke like her and sounded like her. So was it her? Yeah. Well, you know, like what is the difference between something that is the perfect imitation of that person and yep. that person? Yep. Yep. That's a very sci-fi concept. Yeah. High yeah. sci-fi for sure. But yeah, it's just really well written. And the fact that we forgot, we didn't necessarily forget, but we didn't mention that when we were going through the plot kind of step mm-hmm. by step that there was that revelation in the middle. Yeah, true. Like it wasn't crucial to the plot, but it felt very impactful yeah. oh, when yeah. you were finding that out because it was core to how people related to you. Yeah. Because people kept asking you, are you the Herald of Andraste? Yeah. What did you really see in the fade? Who was that woman? And <laughs> you just kept going, well, personally, my playthrough where I was just being an asshole to everyone, I was like, whatever, I don't know. Yes, I am the Herald of yeah. Andraste. Bow before me. Or sometimes I was like, what the hell are you on about? You're an idiot. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested. I'm about to do that mission in my playthrough. And... um because my current character is, she believes she is the Herald of Andraste. Yes. She believes that was Andraste. Mm, she it's genuinely be so interesting. Yeah, so I'm really interested to see how that plays out differently for someone who genuinely believes that. Yeah, yep. And that's the interesting thing about um, the dialogue trees, which we probably talk about more in the character yeah. episode, I think. But they managed to write it in a way they don't really. Often choices that you make and answers that you have, you don't really have kind of internal character moments that aren't connected to other characters. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, so yeah. you don't kind of have a scene where the Inquisitor is kind of in her bedroom freaking out over the fact that she's just found out that actually she's not the Herald of Andraste because it turned out to be a spirit impersonating Divine Justinia. So you don't have any of that. So you kind of have to input your own imagination by the dialogue choices that yep. you make. And they're not – some of them really don't matter whether you say, you know, yes, I am the Herald of Andraste or I don't know whether I'm yeah. the Herald of Andraste. You know, a lot of the time it doesn't really matter. But if you're really into that RPG side of it, that you're role-playing that character and you're imagining what they might do that night when they go <laughs> into their bedroom and I don't know whether – I'm the only stupid person who does that. I'm definitely not because the fandom will yeah. make art. Yep. They will do the fan art and they will do it. So there are people out there who love to role play and think about their character and what they will do outside of the scenes that are in the game. And, yeah, it's it's really cool just, yeah. just writing like that and that is definitely a yeah. compelling part of the story, those fade scenes and, mm. and how that impacted not necessarily the rest of the plot, but how you thought about your character and how you thought about the other characters because you have revelations um, within that quest in that there's a graveyard where the nightmare shows you what your party members and not just the ones that are with you, what all of your people's like greatest fears are. Yep. And that's just a really cool way to get some insight into their character mm. um, that isn't just straight up like info dumping by yeah. codexes and things. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Okay, well, I think we need to wrap it up there. But we'll be back next week. We're going to be talking about the characters. Yes, um, definitely. And there are that. a lot of them. So many characters. So many characters. Definitely. So that'll probably be a bumper episode as well. Yeah. So thanks for coming and joining us again, Jenna. It's You're been a welcome. pleasure to have you. Definitely. We'll probably have you back next week. We'll see. Oh, do you think? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Thank you, as always, to our fantastic producer, Zane C. Weber from That's yeah, Not Canon Productions. Zane. Thanks, Zane. 
Um, if you want to uh, hear more from us, see some photos, um, catch up on the latest uh, Cutscene Saga news, you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Cutscene Saga, or you can send us an email, cutscenesaga at gmail.com. We'll see you next week. Thanks. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.